Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It, it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of your Chief Concerns post-game show. I'm Marcus Dash here with our guy Lance, and as always, our guy uh, Jason Dunn, former Chiefs tight end, will be joining us shortly. So another one where two weeks in a row where we thought we'd be coming on here, you know, celebrating the domination, like 500 yards passing, you know, maybe getting to see some Chad Henney uh, looks. Uh, didn't happen two weeks in a row of that. Um, pretty unfortunate. Uh, obviously, we came out with a win, uh, and we were the AFC West champs. But it doesn't feel like we're the AFC West champs after that game, which is kind of kind of nuts. Um, what were your thoughts, Lance? Uh, I know you uh, you're not as excited as uh, as I thought you'd be going. Uh, you know, we both thought we'd be coming on here and uh, pop a champagne, and uh, we we aren't doing that right now. We're uh, we're kind of just holding our breaths as what we just saw because we almost just lost to the freaking Houston Texans. Um, so, what were your thoughts, my man? <laughs> Do you remember when uh, in 2018 when? The Patriots won the AFC Championship at Arrowhead, and they were handing him the uh, handing Bill Belichick the AFC Championship, and he just kind of grabbed it and handed it over to the next guy because yeah. it didn't really matter to him at that point. That's how I'm starting to feel with AFC West Championships because at this point it's become just a, an assumed uh, achievement for the Chiefs. I still want to celebrate them in some regard because I know how hard it is to win in the NFL and to win at a high level. But we both know that the aspirations that we the I'm sorry the aspirations and expectations that we have for this team are no longer what they were 10, 15, 20 years ago, which was get to 10 wins, hope for the best, see if you can get in the playoffs and see if you can make a run. Now it's Super Bowl or bust. And, um, yeah, that, that, that's, you know, it's great to see seven straight, and I'm happy that the Chiefs got it done. But, you know, the, the thing that I learned the most today in this game, and, Marcus, I know that here at the Chief Concern post-game show, you guys don't want to focus too much on things that are not X's and O's and player-related. But, you know, for years now, we've really sat here and wondered, you know, who's going to be that true rival for Patrick Mahomes? You know, is it going to be Joe Burrows, going to be Josh Allen, is it going to be Lamar Jackson? And all this time, there's been this striped SOB by the name of Carl Sheffers that has just been making his way into all of our lives, whether we want him there or not, and he has done everything in his power 
to try to get the Chiefs to take losses they should not have. And he's done it multiple times this year alone against the Raiders. He calls a roughing the passer penalty against Chris Jones, who had full possession of the ball, which would be literally impossible. Then they allowed the Texans today to review a play that the, the Ford Progress had stopped, and they still let the Texans review it, and then they gave him the ball. Yeah. He uh, called, I think, five or six straight, or five of seven plays against the Chiefs on defense. He called penalties on the Chiefs. He called an illegal contact when a Texans receiver ran into Juan Thornhill. He called an illegal block on Jarek McKinnon when the defender was running into Jarek McKinnon. I, I I don't know how to explain this. All I can say, though, Marcus, is that this, if, if I'm the NFL, if I'm Roger Goodell, I don't let that man step foot on an NFL field again and represent my brand. He is horrible. He is embarrassing. He is terrible. He is a joke. He is despicable. That man is terrible at what he does, and he should never officiate another game. Having said that, Marcus, the Chiefs left a lot of a lot of opportunities on the field today. They go out there in their first two possessions, were absolutely flat on offense. Mm -hmm. Looked horrible. Mm -hmm. And then when they had opportunities to score in special teams, what do they do? Harrison Busk, Butker, the Chiefs are going to go tied up at half, which is already embarrassing as it is, and yeah. he decides to shank wide left. And the Chiefs go trailing into the second half against a one-win team. And then when they need him, whether you like Andy Reid's call or not, which I did not like at all, I wanted no. Patrick Mahomes to go for that way, touchdown. Way, that way too conservative. Way too I conservative. hated the, the play calling on that drive. Having said that, Harrison Butker had an opportunity to drop a 51-yarder, and that's something I've always given him credit on, is that he might miss a PAT, but this dude will sink the clutch kicks. And he shanks that one wide right. Marcus, I think it's time the Chiefs really start to think about moving on to another kicker because you now cannot trust Harrison Butker to make the big kicks. We can live with a missed PAT here and there as long yeah. as he's making kicks like that. If he just sunk that and didn't have to go overtime, we're sitting here going, well, he did make the clutch kick. He did not do it today. That makes you wonder if you're going to be able to trust him in the playoffs in a deep push in a big game. I think there's a lot of movement the Chiefs are going to have to make this offseason. I'm sure we'll talk about that as time comes on. Yep. But there's a lot of concerns from this game. And being on the Chief Concern postgame show, this is the per perfect place to be talking about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, going back to – I quote tweeted during the game. Um, it was – yeah, so we tweeted this on November 6th. I forgot what game that was. But um, we tweeted that, you know, low-key might have to look at a new kicker if this coming offseason. Got – it was a kind of mixed bag. Got killed by some fans. Didn't get killed by some other fans. I got defended on some. But then today, a lot of fans are coming around now. You, you, the, the extra point, and we've talked about on the show before, all you got to do in our offense, very rarely field goals. But PATs, you lock those in. And we've talked about before, uh, JD's guy, Morton Anderson, he was solid for the, with the PATs. It's all, it's all he, pretty much he had to do. That was a high-scoring offense. Make your PATs, make your 40-yarders, solid. I mean, he started – I get you missed the 51 yards, but that's one thing everyone always said, oh, he's clutch with the 50-yard kicks. I mean, the fact that we played that so conservative at the end and we were relying on Bucker to come in and make that, and he just – I mean, that was that was, that was that was awful. He had the leg there just wide right. Um, rough. There's, there's a few things I want to talk about here, but our guy JD is just joining us right now, so we're going to get our guy, uh, uh, former Chiefs tight end Jason Dunn, in here. JD, what's going on, brother? What's up, man? What's happening? What's up, Lance? How you doing, my friend? Good, good. How's it going? Y'all doing all right? Yeah, we, we thought we were going to be, uh, you know, uh, coming on here and popping champagne, uh, celebrating seven straight AFC West titles. But uh, I, don't, I, I don't know, man. I think after that close overtime win against Houston, I think everyone's just kind of like perplexed as to what they saw today. And and kind of what we talked about, J.D., on our show, we talked about what's the likelihood and, and what, what, what do we have to do this weekend in order to, uh, 
you know, or what does Houston have to do this weekend to kind of to take away a win? And you were like, there's a chance it could happen. I mean, and hey, they were, they were this close. And I'll say this before we talk about the game itself. If you were watching that game, did not know any record at all, you would think Houston was the better team. They played more aggressive and more physical than us all game long. They were laying the wood. Regardless, some, some were penalties. I know the one on Juju was a penalty. You know, you, you just had more physical plays. And they were the aggressors bullying us the entire game, it seemed like. Um, and that was that, that's what stood out to me. And I'm like, oh, are we are we that finesse, just that uh, that offensive team? Or we're, we're, we're kind of looking like that finesse soft team that people just want to, you know, out-physical us. And it seemed Houston – Obviously, you know, they don't have the talent that we do, but they were just laying the wood on us all day. Jenny, kind of talk to us about what you saw out there from the aggression point of view, because Houston was bringing it to us today. Well, first off, I want to go ahead and, and give a shout out for the, you know, let's celebrate the seven, okay? Because yeah. that's a great accomplishment. I, I don't want to lose that. All right. And, and of course, of all the bust and everything that happened, uh, you know, I don't want to do that to them because uh, that's something that is, that needs to be celebrated. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to definitely say that. Take my hat off to him for that. Okay. Now, getting into this, this without a doubt, uh, when I looked at it, it was just, I seen it was just low energy, low energy on defense, offense. And it, it was some hitting out there. It was absolutely so. But when you talk about laying the wood, I seen it, the Texans absolutely come in blasting every chance they got. Every shot they was taking, like it was, they were playing like a one in eleven team. Like they, they didn't care. They they was like no holes bar. We won eleven. We're gonna try everything. You know when they did the double, the, the double reverse, try to pass, and all, you know they, hey, let it all hang out. Why not? Right? We're, we're not supposed to win this game anyway. So let's go in there and go bloody somebody's nose. That's to them. That's that's their mindset. Our mindset should have been when they come in is methodically going down the field, stopping them on defense. I mean, they, you know, most of the guys are out. You know, the, the, the number one receivers and stuff, is they out of there. The quarterback, they had two quarterbacks come in. Uh, what's his name? And lined up half the time on the outside of wide receiver. I'm sitting there thinking, like, he's just trying to occupy occupy space, right? Because somebody's got to cover him. But it just, uh, it, it just looked like guys just wasn't focused up. And when you had that type of turnovers, you have like that lot that's less sense of urgency. You could tell what it was. And so it's look, I understand this. I and mean, here's here's the reality of it. Okay. Uh, guys that compete for a living, even though you win the ring, you out there on a the football field, one in eleven team to get up to play is 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 tough. I'm not saying it's you know, it's your job. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to win. But when somebody starts hitting you in the mouth. Then something should transition in your head, like, wait a minute, hold on. We we need to understand that these guys are not playing around. We cannot lose to them. And so it just seemed like it was just it was a mess. It was just a mess all the way around. The tempo of everything was just wasn't there. Uh, so it, I, I just it was a lot of that. I just seen it was just it was a blase blase type of deal that everybody was just kind of going through. And so I can imagine what that locker room was going out there for the game. It was almost like everybody's like, hey, yeah, let's go kind of type of deal, right? You're trying to get everybody up, up to go out there and compete, but it's still low energy. You know, it, it just – and you can see it. You can see it in the product they put out there today. So, Yeah, uh, the thing I – the thing that – I'm always a results guy. I, I know that being a former player, J.D. probably looks at everything from the play-by-play. -play. I look at the results, and I see that um, there's a real problem when in, in a, in, in a two-week span – 
And there's some positives to talk about on the offensive side that we can talk about when it comes to Jerick McKinnon and what he's done over the last two weeks. But on the defensive side, uh, it's very worris- worrisome to me. And, and there might be explanations for it, but just from a results standpoint, it's very worrisome to me that the Chiefs give up six touchdowns to Russell Wilson and Davis Mills in a two-week span. And the, the, way that the, the way the touchdowns come sometimes looked a little easy because Davis Mills literally runs that into the end zone without a single guy touch him. There's no spy there. And like I said, I think – like J.D. just said, I think a lot of it comes down to energy because I think – you know what? If I'm, I'm – I don't want to give the Chiefs an excuse here because I don't think there are any. I right. think this is – they have to wear this one uh, because even though they got the win, it does feel like, man, they kind of lost this one at the same time. It – it almost feels like the Chiefs have gotten bored. Because like, kind of like what we allude to, you know, no matter how many times they've won the AFC West, it's still something you have to pay attention to and admire and, you know, acknowledge because it's it's difficult to win in the NFL. J.D., you know this. But it's almost like they're just like, okay, can, let's just get through these damn last three, four games. Let's get into the playoffs. Now we'll be ready. And I'm not saying that's right, but it does feel that way. It does look that way on both sides of the ball, especially, like I said, when they came out and that first, those first two offensive drives, it looked like the Chiefs were just like, yeah, we're just going to score. They ain't be no big deal, man. We'll, we'll just take care of business. They're missing half their roster. They're a 1-11, one, one team. You know, oh, MVS, short throw. MVS had a touchdown waiting on that on that throw. I mean, there's just there was a lackluster lack of motivation because we've seen this team on the opposite end. We saw when they went to San Francisco, that team was there to make a statement, and they went out there and did that one by three touchdowns against a team that hasn't lost since. And then you look at it. Then you look at the Buccaneers game. Chiefs go out there and blow the doors off them as well. When this team is at their best, I tweeted this earlier. When the Chiefs are at their best, there is nobody in this league that can beat them. The problem is it's hard sometimes to get the Chiefs to play at their best because, like I said, I think that when you are this successful for this long, it almost becomes methodical. It becomes lethargic. It just becomes a routine. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying that just might be the reality of what we're looking at right now from this team. Yeah, 100%. And and that's that's the mindset of it, right? And, and I think human nature, part of why we strive as humans is we need challenges, right? We, we need that, like that opposition to become better, okay? And so sometimes the failure in those things that you have is that's that's what you need. You just need that to, to, to really, you know, get out there and see your best. And sometimes when you, when you say that, Lance, these next few games, you know what you're looking at. You look at the teams that don't have great records, okay? You know all these teams you should beat, these next four. But it's like, man, can we get ourselves up mentally prepared to go play these games and just get through it? And what, and probably the the worst thing could happen right, is you can get caught up in that, like you said, just the monotony of everything where you do lose games, okay? Well, guys get hurt because you're not focused on what, how you should be doing it. And so – that's, that's the same thing we talk about society. If nobody's being challenged and then you just get handed everything all the time without any type of, you know, merit in the others, then you just become complacent. And, and that's what it is. It's complacency right now. But but other than that, I, I I think, like you said, defensively, just kind of talk about it. We just didn't really see any 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 pressure, any pass rush. Guys just weren't getting back there to him at all. And so Mills got in because everybody's looking around, trying to cover in zone, and then all of a sudden we make a break because I think it was uh, Kalafkas who came in. Well, it leaves the door wide open on the outside. There was nobody there because everybody's in coverage. And so that's 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 part of the defense where you'll see like some of these things with the weaknesses that comes up. But if you don't have anybody coming back and to get any type of pressure, any type of push, that is a problem. That's an issue. That is an issue. 
The only one I seen today that was was kind of getting back there that looked like he had half the sense to him was Dunlap. Dunlap yeah. is he's a veteran guy. He's been doing a long, you know, for a long time. And you expect veteran guys like that to be like, hey man, shoot, somebody's got to go out here and make a play. Mm-hmm. And I guess he could sense that everybody else around him, whatever it might have been. And then, and look, when I'm telling you, you look up and down that that sideline, you could just feel it. There's an air at it, right? All of a sudden, you go down. You don't score on your first drives out. We throw it. We ran it once for the first ten plays, one one run. You know what I mean? Then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. we come out the third series and start running it. It's like, where was this at? Yeah. How are we not trying to run down their throats anyway by doing this? You know, I mean, this I, I, for the life of me, when I'm sitting there watching this game, like you said, it's just you. It's a head scratcher. You just perplexed. But we know how these things kind of go. It's like one of those things that whatever bad can happen, probably will. Then Buckner comes out there, misses the, the, the extra point. He's just like, what? But that guy, I guess this is what we're going to do today, huh? Yeah. This is what today's going to be. All day it's going to be like this. And it was. It was just like that. And so it was like that whole hum. I'm just, we just got to get past this thing. You know, hey guys, come on, let's go. I mean, I seen Pat, you know, kind of yelling at, at Kelsey, like, come on, like, you know, like, Come on, man. Let's snap out of it. But you could just see everybody was just kind of dragging their feet. It was just dragging around, except Jet, another veteran guy. Jet is Johnny on the spot. Where you need him to be to make a play, he's going to be there for you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about him. I said that, you know, last week. I said, this is the guy that you could lean on and say, we, we need to give the ball to him. And, you know, to make a play, to make a guy miss, he's going to do it. So he's in the end zone twice tonight. Because why? Because he understands what these things mean. He's done play for a long time. And, you know, Pacheco's got to learn that. He's just, he's got to learn that. I said, you know, for him, the season would have been over if he was at Rutgers. We know this. We just, this is, this has been it for him. And so I think he was just kind of in that field for a guy that is a rookie that's got to learn how to play, you know, experienced football. Um, now I see Lance uh, Mans- Mansfield is uh, talking about blaming refs is hilarious. And I, Lance, you weren't uh, to start off. Uh, Lance kind of talked about you know uh, the officiating today. Um, you weren't blaming the rest for you know this game being as close as it was, but it definitely helped. Um, and the one thing that I, I wanted to ask you about JD um, was when this happened, and Lance kind of mentioned this when we start off uh, the game um, or start off the show. But when they called the forward progress, because um, forward progress is not a reviewable play, yeah. somehow Houston was able to challenge that the fumble on that play. Um, and I just wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that. The, um, the, the, the way that the refs kind of allow them to challenge that, they kind of skirt around the rule to, to, to challenge that play and ultimately get the ball back on that. Um, yeah. it's not like, it's not very often where you're going to see teams get to challenge plays that are not really reviewable. Um, now I was kind of, you know, just per, I was perplexed when I, when I obviously I knew that that play is not a challengeable play, but then yet somehow they were able to challenge, challenge that and they got the ball back. What was your, uh, Takeaway uh, from 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 that, and, and overall the officiating. And I want to get I, I want to get your kind of opinion on that because you're a player who knows that officiating is always going to happen. There's going to be bad calls. There's going to be good calls. Shit happens, right? I just right. want to get your take on what you saw today on the officiating. I mean, I, I thought it was messy too. Just by the officiating was just it was just messy. It was just messy all the way around. I mean, they picked up three flags today. Three. Yeah. I'm like, what? That many flags and everybody's coming over and convening like, hey, you know, what was that? You're picking up, you picking up a flag like three times? Like that's that's too much. It's way too much. Somebody should have been making those, and they are. Like this crew right here did a terrible job as far as that. I'm not looking. I'm not blaming the refs, right? These calls are going to be made. I understand that. We 
live and die by the play, whatever it is. I think the low, the break in, you know, the play with the whole, uh, uh, what was it, like blocking back, which was a terrible call on McKinnon, coming blind back, back, back yeah, on a blind guy. He, he clearly sees him, and he, he lowers the boom on McKinnon, right? And then all of a sudden, I guess they went ahead and talked him into it. I, I don't quite understand why New York or somebody didn't say, hey, wait a minute, we can't review that play, you know, to challenge it. But, you know, forward, you know, forward progress, you know, as a fumble, they challenge a fumble, fine, all right? That the play in itself is a good call because he fumbled it, okay? I understand. But if you're saying forward progress, can you challenge that as it being a fumble? I don't know. I, but like I said, man, it, the, the whole crew – I just it was just it was just messy. The game was just messy out there. It was, um, but we just we just you know to be honest with you, that's why I don't, I don't like putting things on the refs. I don't like putting things on the kickers. You know when guys out there supposed to be doing a job, look, do your job, okay? You're supposed to be putting things out there that's supposed to be right, supposed to be professional to get these things done, okay? And the guys will probably admit, I'm sure they will. Now we we can all agree that what they put out there today was. Wouldn't it? It's not playoff. That's not playoff ball. We know that. It's not playoff ball whatsoever. JD, you played in the league for over 10 years. I'm sure there was at least a handful of games where the officiating was absolutely abysmal, and you guys probably felt in your own sense that they were a gout to get you guys. But I hear I guarantee you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I guarantee you the onus and the responsibility in your mind was still on you guys. And that's where I still will put it on the Chiefs today. Right. I will say this that both things can be true that the Chiefs missed multiple opportunities to put this game away on their own selves and on their own shoulders, and Carl Sheffers and his crew were absolutely an embarrassment because both things were true. J.D., you're a lot nicer than me, man. You say it a lot nicer, and I'll, I'll come out and say it. Like I told Marcus from the jump, my first my first opening uh, take today is that I think that should be the last time we see Carl Sheffers officiate a game because this is now the second time in just a Chiefs game where he's made horrendous call after horrendous call after horrendous call. Having said that, the Chiefs came out on back-to-back -back possessions on, on, on offense and three and out, three and out. They, they turned the ball over again, this time again, giving their defense a short field to defend, and the Texans score. Juju Smith-Schuster lets the ball down. That was a horrendous That was a horrendous piece of officiating. That should have never been a fumble because his, his uh, forward progress did stop. That should have never been reviewed. Having said that, he did drop the ball, which gave them the opportunity to at least try to justify it. Therefore, that's a turnover, and the Texans scored on that one as well. And then you look at Harrison Butker leaving four points on the field with his kicks, missing an extra point and missing that field goal. If the Chiefs take care of business, it doesn't matter how bad Carl Sheffers was today. So I am somebody that you guys you guys both follow me on Twitter. You know I am not afraid to tell you how I feel about officiating. But at the same time, I'm also not afraid to call out the team when they're the ones that are screwing things up and making this game closer than it had to have been. Chiefs don't make those mistakes. Special teams can't takes care of business. The Chiefs don't turn the ball over. They don't come out flat-footed on offense. Guys, we're not talking about a game that goes in overtime. We're talking about a game that Patrick Mahomes, when he completed 20 consecutive passes, would have been the biggest storyline of the game, not them going into overtime with a one-win team that's going to get the first overall pick. So, yes, from the, from the officiating standpoint, horrific display. Horrific display. It's so sad to see the NFL, the best product in all of American sports, have something this inept as they're officiating. And it's also so sad when you see a team as great as the Chiefs, a team that has been this successful over the last five to seven years, 
still struggle to get up for games like this when they should be blowing teams like this out of the water. It's really sad to say and both things are true and both things are very much what took place today. And the fact that we had to stress out over this game, man, is just something that I, I'm going to scratch my head for the rest of this week until they move on and play the Seahawks at, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, just the, the play calling in itself or the officiating itself this year, you know, to be honest with you. Because there's a lot of ambiguity as far as like some of the calls, what should be this, what should be that, right? It's kind of open to your own interpretation. And when you're making the, the, the crew, because it's nothing that, that is just etched in stone, it's just like how we see it, right? Like the whole, I, we keep going back to like Chris Jones, like following on the guy that we've seen uh, uh, Stallworth, the same, same thing on Joe Burrow. Like, did y'all really see that? Was That's the call that y'all made. You never want to stay with it. And so that's why I have an issue with it. And, and, and when I look at officiating, I look at it from the other side, too. I'm like, well, let's just say that was against the Chiefs, okay? And that was, I don't know, whoever receiver that they had. And they was going for progress in front of the ball. We'd be wanting the ball back, too. Like, hey, man, I was, you know, that's that, that's a fumble, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I try to stay balanced as far as like that. I, like, I know these guys go out there and it's hard for them what they need to do. But it was. I, it was absolutely atrocious. I'll give you that. No doubt about it. Today, I, I've never seen like that many flags being picked up. Oh, there's no flag on this play. I'm like, what? Another mm -hmm. one? Yeah. Like, if, if this is what's going to be, then y'all need every flag that y'all throw, then y'all need to convene on every single on every flag mm -hmm. and replay it just to make sure it's what it is. Right? I mean, if not, then what's the whole point of like, well, we're just going to pick up the flag on this one and not that one. Yeah. I just... I think it was just terrible, man. It literally, it literally looked like they literally, it, it felt like, especially in that third and fourth quarter, they were throwing a flag and then they get together and go, hey, did you see anything? Did you see anything? Okay, yes. we didn't see anything. Let's pick it up. There's nothing on the play. Like, if you're going to throw a flag, you got to have conviction and say, we saw something, therefore the flag came out. Not, hey, we're going to throw a flag. There may have been something. Let's get together. That's what I'm talking about. That looked like that, looked like that crew's first day together, man. It was it was embarrassing for the NFL. Not, not just because we're Chiefs fans and we had to suffer the punishment of some of these bad calls. It's just from a brand standpoint. It looked right. embarrassing. If I was a casual fan and watched this game, it was one of the first games I'd watch. I'm like, you guys get enjoyment out of this? This is uh -huh. this is this isn't football. Yeah. This is a joke. It's a flag party, man. Yeah. We're having a confetti party on this field. What the hell? I mean, I think at one point Carl Shepard's had more pass attempts than Patrick Mahomes did. He's gonna have to ice that shoulder after a game with all the flags he threw. <laughs> so I'm just saying, man, like it's it was it was bad, guys. It was really bad. And, they, and the NFL needs to start taking this seriously because they just they just don't because they know we keep coming back. But this is becoming a, a bigger and bigger problem. Yeah, that one, I, I, I remember when they replayed the one on McKinnon. And you see him on the sideline getting out to throw the flag. And I'm sitting there like, how did you, in your mind, think he's peeling back on this guy? <laughs> like, the play's running his way, right? Everybody sees it. McKinnon's actually <laughs> on the side. He's on the same side. Yeah. Why is this a peel back? Right. The guy didn't see him. I mean, clearly he sees McKinnon because McKinnon is, is, is a potential blocker, right? Yeah. He knows that. And so he immediately sees McKinnon pull back. He engages with him, you know, sheds him, puts him off, but apparently it's a, it's a, it's a blind block. Yeah, to me, it, it was just it was terrible, man. It was. But like I said, man, we, we talk too much about the rest, man. I, you know, just the game in itself from what we've seen, like you said, one of the, the keys to victory we were talking about in the show earlier, uh, Lance, this past week, I said, we got to protect the football. We, we talked about turnovers and what we was giving up. We had to protect the football because that's life in the NFL. We had we, two turnovers, two. 
Pacheco, well, then we talk about Juju. It's two turnovers. And so those things shouldn't happen. Those, the guys got to take care of the football better than that. And not only that, but take it, take take the ball away. We had the one strip on Mills. Well, one on Mills. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to go through it. I don't know. My head's just rushing. But, you know, that was like, oh, man, we finally got one. And, and we almost bumbled that one, you know? Yeah. So I just uh, – it's it's one of those things hard to watch, no doubt about it. And and these guys have been winning for a long time. Uh, but when you sit there and you look at, like you said, the product, if nobody knew what the what the uh the uh the records were, you'd have been sitting there thinking like, well, who's who's the better team? Yeah. Because it's it's a totally two different mindsets out there. Somebody's like, Oh man, we just trying to get in stay in there to win. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what it was. And so much more aggressive team on the Texan side of it. I think a lot of it, like I said, had to do with being one and 11. Lovey's a good coach. We're not taking that away from me because I know he's going to get these guys ready to play. Okay. Yeah. That's another element they have on it that, uh, uh, that kind of sways in, 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 in their favor to come out to this game and try to beat the chiefs. Why wouldn't you? We, everybody's super bowl. We know this. We know we, when we come in the building, everybody understands they're playing the chiefs. We got to beat these, these monsters of a team and, and, and all the players that they got, uh, you know, the, the boy wanted Patrick Mahomes, you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, and so they know that we know that. So we just got to have a, a more pristine, clean game where we just handily beating guys. And it's just, you know, we just rolling, just rolling. Mm-hmm. And we just haven't seen like, we haven't seen like that in the last three to four weeks, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. So, yeah. Yeah, the stoppage of play was ridiculous. I mean, uh, I, I think this is our most penalized game of the season. We had t- 10 yeah. penalties. Um, yeah. Hey, and, and you know the second most? The second most was against the Raiders, and guess who officiated that game? Carl that, Sheffers. Uh, wow. No, that, that makes sense. Very, very similar. Uh, the, the way the game went, the game flow was very similar. A lot, a lot of stoppage. Um, but, yeah, 10 penalties, and then on top of the uh, on the stoppage of play to discuss uh, picking up the flag as well. I mean, so it's r- ridiculous. What's um, the uh, what's the what's the NBA ref that I always hated Tim Duncan? Oh oh uh, uh, Crawford. Uh, yeah, Joey, Joey, was it Joey Crawford? Joey Crawford, right, right. Tim Duncan was just sitting on the um, um, the <laughs> side, just like that. Yeah. He, he teased him up. He's like, "What are you doing?" Like, what? I hate. I, I like how you was looking at me. How you was breathing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's a rivalry. I'm telling you, I think Patrick Mahomes and Carl Sheffers are that. They have a rivalry now. I, I yeah. really think that's the thing. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you um, uh, about this. Actually, uh, what Dan, our guy Dan Bursch, has asked uh, on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you guys the Chiefs' defense will hit that next level playoff gear? And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you guys. During that game, you got guys like Royce Freeman popping off about getting five yards of carry on us, and it's like Royce Freeman, guys. I mean, you know, bounce around the league. You know, he had a big hope when he when he got drafted by the Broncos. Really never panned out. Um, and then he's coming. You know, a journeyman is coming here, popping up five yards of carry. In the past, we've talked about these backup running backs you know, going off for five yards, six yards to carry against us. Are you guys worried about what you're seeing from our run defense? And and obviously, our our, our secondary, uh, the illegal contacts, uh, Juan Thornhill, I felt was getting picked on today. Um, are, are, I mean, are, 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 do you think we're going to get this next level of playoff gear from the defense? Or what do you guys What do you guys think? I mean, how hopeful are you that we can kind of get stuff together um, going into the playoffs? Uh, look. You have to have a great scheme going in. It's all about execution of that scheme. That's what it's about. It's about guys understanding where they're supposed to be. I think I think one of them, matter of fact, when I was looking at the defense, uh, Chanel should have been in the, in, in the area, and he got lost. 
I seen him kind of take the back, but he should have actually been sitting back in zone, and he, it, you know, kind of left Bolton out there on the on, on the island, and he kind of got a couple of those in the middle. So it's still young guys just got to understand that you kind of go through the meets because you got young guys around you. You do, but I think it's you win the the, the game up front. It's it's about the front four. That's what it's about, really. I mean, it's, you got to generate pressure and pass rush and sacks and and. That's what defense is all about, tackles. We weren't, ta- we weren't very good tackling today either. You know, I kind of feel we were sliding down, getting guys, and they was they were so getting out of the tackle, and we were, like, finally made it. We was like, man, I got him down. But it seemed like, it's like, man, you almost missed it. And so things fundamentals we just had to do. Hey, tackles, takeaways, sacks, pressures, those things you got to be able to do to win a championship football, especially on the defense. But right now, those guys up front have to be able to do that. They have to. Uh, to answer his question as candidly as possible, no, I'm not concerned yet. Uh, I, I would still put on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd still have the Chiefs very much uh, between 8 and 9, simply simply because of the fact that this team gets the benefit of that with me. As uh, critical as I will be about them, as much as I'll criticize them for certain things, I do believe there are there is validity to this team being bored right now. We've seen it over the last couple of years, especially. And even if you go back to 2018, you saw how the Chiefs started to lose games later in the season. They started to lose to the, you know when the, when the whole Cream Hunt thing went down. They had to make some adjustments. Chiefs dropped back-to-back games to the Chargers, one and overtime, and then to the Seattle Seahawks the next week. And then the Chiefs just kind of puttered into the playoffs and then made that run and lost in overtime to the inevitable Super Bowl champion to New England Patriots. That was with Patrick Mahomes' first season as a starter, and they had the 24th-ranked defense. So that was the that was about as bad as it got. And then the next couple of seasons, you saw, this, like I said, the Chiefs, although were hot in 2019, won the Super Bowl. They had multiple or all three games in, the, in that playoff run. They were down double digits at least one time in those games and won all three of those games. And then in 2020 and 2021, they kind of they kind of sputtered at the end of the season and then they went on big runs and started having some dominating performances. And if I recall, 2020, they beat a 13-3 and Bills team by 14 points in the AFC Championship. And then we saw what they did against the Bills last year. So I'm going to give this team a lot of benefit of the doubt until they prove to me that early in the playoffs, they can't hit that next gear. Because every single season with Patrick Mahomes, early in the playoffs, they hit that gear. And they have yet to not host the AFC Championship since Patrick Mahomes has been their quarterback. So from a scale of 1 to 10, I am extremely confident they can do it because they've not proven to me otherwise that they can't. So they have problems. I'm not going to sit here and try to sugarcoat anything. I am not somebody that does that. It's not my style. But I'm not going to sit here and look at a team that has Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones, the guys that have proven it time and time again over these last five years, and say that they're not going to do that exact same thing yet again. I still very much believe the Chiefs are going to get to the Super Bowl, and I still believe they're going to win the Super Bowl. It may not be as easy as some of these other ones, but again, to reiterate my point, the year that the Chiefs have won the Super Bowl, that road to the Super Bowl victory was anything but easy. They had to win all three games in a very uncomfortable fashion. None of us were comfortable in any of those three games, guys. As I recall, 24 to nothing ain't comfortable against the Texans, and they end up going on a 51 to 7 run. So I think this team's going to take care of business. They're going to find it. I think they're methodical right now. I think they're bored. I think they're playing with their food too much. I don't like it as a fan. It pisses me off, quite frankly, but in the grand scheme of things, I think when playoff time comes, you're going to see the great Patrick Mahomes do what he does, and I think this defense with the experience they've accumulated this season and a lot of unnecessarily close games, they're going to utilize those experiences and build upon them. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I, I really believe, you know, like Williams will get it. He'll start getting in shape too. He'll, he'll be able to help out. 
right? He just got here. So he still got to get into shape on, in, on the inside. You'll start seeing some more guys kind of come up and start playing a little bit better. Uh, I always, I told you, a secondary, I, I like a secondary. And I think Spags and them is going to be, it's, like you said, when you when you bring the temperature up and challenge a great team, you'll start seeing the greatness come out of guys. That's what you start seeing. That's what guys live for. So guys that compete for a living, you look for that that next challenge. You're trying to, you know, uh, climb out Everest. You're trying to get to the top and stay at the top. So this is what it's all about. And so when you're playing, you know, kind of the, the lower class of guys and stuff like that, the teams, it's like, yeah, oh, man, okay. Hey, guys, let's go at it. Let's go. Come on. You know, and you hate the trip. Believe me, you got you know, in the hotel room and eating, like you said, eating the food. And all those different things, man, kind of weigh on you. You kind of wish you was home. Mm-hmm. Those guys are like, man, look, let's get up out of here. I don't even want to talk to nobody. Let's just get on the bus, get on the plane, and head back to Kansas City. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I think our defense is going to do well. No doubt about it. And I, I, I agree with you, Lance. I think we're going to get to the Super Bowl. So, uh, I'm going to get out here and start watching some of this uh, uh, Tampa Bay and, and, and Bengals game uh, and see it. I, I thought what's name was going to lose last night. Uh, uh, the Bills, but they yeah. should have. They should, they should have lost that game. Mm-hmm. So I think, man, and, and even then, we're still in the, in, in in the whole race to be number one seed yeah. in the AFC. So uh, we got the easier road, of course. But that road, because it's so easy to us, it's gonna it's gonna be some some trials and tribulations with that as well. Yeah. Um, before, before we go and get to watch the rest of four o'clock games, uh, I just want to ask you, JD, a big topic on our show is turnover differential, uh, today, um, with base and everything that's going on so far, we've dropped down now. So we, we were minus five. We were 28th in the league going into, uh, this game. Now we're tied for 31st and negative six. So we dropped one, uh, since then, um, you said, and that, that, that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge thing. Um, and to do this against a team that's one 11 and one is one thing, but then, you're going against the team, you know. You're going against Buffalo. You're going against Cincinnati. You're going to be going against these teams in the in the play in the playoffs. I mean, I mean, is it just kind of surprising we we continue to lose these turnover battles, but then yet squeak out these wins? Because I mean, you know, that's 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 got to say something too as well. You know, we're 31st in the league, but we are still like we're still squeaking out these games and we're still losing the turnover battle, which is mind blowing to me. I mean, it's mind blowing. I'm sure it's mind blowing to them too. Guys are some characteristic of like giving up the ball, like Juju, Pacheco, Kelsey the other day, and you just realize, man, I did not squeeze that ball tight enough. What, Like, man, how did I let that go, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things, man, that you just got to concentrate and focus on all the time. But it is. It's tough to see. You know, as a a team, as an offense, you start looking just overall, what you're giving up, man, you, you you don't feel happy about that. I guarantee you, you hear it in the meetings every single day. I guarantee they reiterate it. Every single day in practice, in the meeting room, we need to take care of the football guys. We have to, and then, you know, defensively, we got to take the ball away. We got to do more than this, and so uh, that's always going to be harped on. Uh, that's always going to be said. Uh, the thing is, the guys just got to achieve it. They have to. So, yeah, if you look at this team right now with the the minus six turnover takeaway uh, situation they have right now, I think they're. I think third or fourth worst in the league right now when it comes to that, and they're the only team in the bottom five that's even a playoff team. Second, are they right, second yeah. worst? Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're tied with Rams at negative uh, six, and then uh, there's two teams tied at negative twelve, so we're tied for thirty first. Yeah, so basically it's terrible. And in yeah. fact, according to what I saw on Twitter today, this is the longest streak streak in uh, Andy Reid's twenty four years as a head coach with at least one turnover in a game, nine straight games. 
Uh, from right now, as it looks in the regular season, I, I hate it. It looks really bad. It looks really sloppy. It doesn't look like a team that can win a Super Bowl. But I think this is going to be something, well, again, where I, I feel like I'm kind of repeating myself in my previous take about giving this team the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to trust this coaching staff and this quarterback to figure out how to get this stuff tightened up before the playoffs because if it stands as it is, the Chiefs are going to play in the wild card round. And we saw last year when the Chiefs had some of the concerns they had, they went out there and they put together everything they needed to put together and put that Steelers game away immediately. They destroyed that team, and it didn't matter whether they had to play in the wild card round or not, and they ended up hosting that AFC championship anyway. Turnovers are a problem, but they're a problem you can fix. This isn't a team that is just hell-bound to just turn the ball over because they're not good enough. They're making costly mistakes, but mistakes can be fixed. It's one thing, you know, we talk about the run game. Remember we talked about this last week, which, by the way, credit to the Chiefs. They ran the ball 33 times today. That's what I, that's what I like to see, a balanced attack. I want to give them credit for that. But we talked last week about if the Chiefs had the Bucks run game, we just have to accept it for what it is, man, because they're just not good enough. They can't run the ball. But the Chiefs can, and they will. And that's what you're seeing them start to do. Those are problems you can fix, just like the problems they can fix with the turnovers. Mm -hmm. Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco, a seventh-round rookie, can learn from dropping that ball today. Patrick Mahomes sure as hell learned from those three interceptions last week because he had, had his best game of the season today. So yeah. I think that this team's learning from their mistakes. It isn't fun to go through. Trust me, guys, I get it. I hate seeing this team put the ball on the ground. I hate seeing that. But I think this team's going to figure it out by season's end, guys. They still have three games to figure this stuff out, and I think they're going to. And I will go boldly say that when they get into the playoffs, you're going to see a much sharper, more efficient team because, again, they've given me four full years to show me that they can do it and they will do it. Right. You just don't want it for, for a guy to be in his head and start plaguing him. You know what I mean? I think that's the reason they took Pacheco out. It's like, okay, just, yeah, just take a break. Just sit this one out for a little bit. But you think about a little, you know, what went on, get your head back together, okay, young fella. We'll bring in, you know, Ronald Jones got a little, he got a little toe today. So yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I want to see a little bit more Rojo. Exactly. Yeah. And shout out to shout out to Jarek McKinnon. Two games. He's had over 20 touches for 224, I think 220 or 230 yards and four touchdowns. Clutch yeah. McKinnon, baby. Man, come on now. Oh, my goodness. He, he's going to be a league winner in a lot of fantasy leagues, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> no <Yes>. joke. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that does it for us. Uh, let everybody get back to the 4 o'clock games to uh, you know enjoy some of the last few weeks of uh, NFL football. Uh, next week, uh, Saturday, Christmas Eve, I think most teams are playing on Christmas Eve next week. Uh, we have Seattle at home, so that's going to be an interesting 1 o'clock game with uh, Gino and the boys. Um, yeah, uh, so this week, uh, don't forget to tune in to Sheep Concerns this week. We're going to have um, the Queens of the Kingdom coming on uh, this week for, uh, for a segment on the show, so that'll be good to have uh, them join us. And Lance, as always, you guys can follow and subscribe to Lance's show, The Spoken, every Saturday. Lance, I'm sure you got something good for us on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve show, so you got you got to have something good for us, right? Absolutely. You better believe we're bringing the presents. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we hope everyone enjoys the rest of your Sunday, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Take it easy, everybody. See you. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.